0: I choose what I put out there and what I don't.
1: So, what are we getting right now? How much of you are we getting?
0: I will get more comfortable.
1: How do you balance the two? How do you balance the dynamic of suppressing when you need to those deeper urges that Mm -hmm. conflict with your kind of conscious spiritual beliefs? What would you say to her? (laughs) I would
0: say to me (laughs) that... Um, there's a time and place for your freaky <laughs> There really is a time and place for your freaky Because I actually found out that I don't know anything oh, wow. <laughs> I, I don't know anything And I got to tap into I had to let life touch me That entire experience was life touching me And I had to go even deeper and deeper Within the craft, within myself as well
1: Welcome back to the Brain and Brand Show I'm Timothy Maurice And today I have an exciting episode for you where we go inside of the mind of an international Netflix star, Ukotula Natasha Tahani. Since this show is dedicated to sharing the best insight about how to get the most out of your brain and to enable you to position your personal and organization's brand more influentially, I thought we would bring you a star who, in about a half a decade, has taken what her grandmothers have taught her, listened intently while studying at the New York Film Academy, and developed a mindset that's authentic and positions her for a rock-solid career. My goal is for you to see that international success starts in the mind. Natasha, welcome to the Brain and Brand Show.
0: Thank you. You know, I've done so many interviews, but no one has ever mentioned my first name. Really? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Wow. I think, you know, when I saw that your name means peace, I was like, maybe that's why... She doesn't like drama.
0: <laughs> I really don't like drama. I value my peace. Um And this is what's happening right now in my 20s, where I'm like, I value so much of my peace that if I happen to get into a relationship, it has to bring peace, honestly. Yeah. And I've got peace around me. You know, even at home, I bring peace. Um, in everything that I do, I try and follow my name.
1: It, it comes across. And I think I started, I think I came across your work on Twitter. Mm. And um, I've interviewed... Over the years, all types of people, uh, yeah. from Namzamo to all types. Yeah. But what stood out for me was just how relatable you were. Mm-hmm. And I started to peer, anytime there is an element of success, I know there's something deeper there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? There's something deeper happening. So before I interview anyone, I'll follow them for a while mm-hmm. to get to know, to see patterns. In science, we call it patternicity. Mm-hmm. Like when, when, you know, like I don't know if you've ever gone through someone's instagram page or whatever and you what you're doing is you're putting patterns together to paint a picture of who they are yeah right mm-hmm. so i was doing that and i was like okay there's something deeper so that's how we ended up in this conversation i want to know what that <laughs> deeper part is what's going on in your brain so it's it's kind of ironic that you don't like drama but you chose drama Fact. right Fact. you chose drama as your career mm. or did it choose you
0: I stumbled upon all these blessings Um, And I don't like drama (laughs) In my personal life I don't like drama But I enjoy um, the drama that happens and that life brings And I just also try to differentiate between the two Between my personal life and the work that I put on screen Because the unconscious mind does not know what's happening So it's a constant Like I always have to learn um, and discipline myself In terms of knowing the character and knowing my true self Oh wow! yeah,
1: so you're very drawn to your spiritual mind. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be a pastor
0: <laughs> <laughs> i I feel like with all this influence um there's peace that comes with being an ambassador for the kingdom there's peace in knowing that. God is good. And even when I don't truly reflect his character and reveal his true character, that he's good. And I am where I am today because of him. And if I happen <laughs> to, to become one, I'll really, um, surrender. I will, I've been called. I've been called. That's why I do my gospel show. Um, we're having another one. And it's going to be an annual thing where we bring young people. And it's cool to be part of the kingdom. It feels great. I find my peace there.
1: The brain is a fascinating organ full of complexity and contradictions. Mm -hmm. You have the thinking conscious, the impulse and instinctual unconscious. As we get to know you, I want to dive into the brain of yours. And to do so, let's discuss what you've decided to put in your brain from your experience, both as a child Mm -hmm. and in your career. What are a couple of things you put in your brain that your grandmothers taught you?
0: i my grandmothers have taught me so much. I've got a lot of grandmothers as well, like, okay. and they're all so old, a lot of them approaching a hundred and they taught me love. They taught me compassion. Um, but most of all, kindness and the spirit of Ubuntu that is I think my family all embraces the spirit of Ubuntu that we always speak about as Africans. And they taught me that. And that's why it's it's so easy for me to be so selfless. It's so easy for me to engage with other people. And I've, I grew up in the township as well. And knowing the next person, you know, they always say, they always say, like you must know the next person and don't ever think that you're better than the next person because the God that you serve is the same God that they serve. And what he has done for you, he can definitely do for the next person.
1: Is there anything that they shared with you that you find obsolete? That it's like that was for your time, but because of gender equality issues around the evolution of culture that you've decided not to take and put in your brain?
0: I think my family had that, honestly. Um my great-grand, to be specific, Mom Chowaka, she, she moves on with the times. You know, I've never felt, I've never felt that they're like, oh, you have to do this, you have to get married, you have to do all these things because we've done all of that. Um, no.
1: They really move on with the times. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's, and that's the power of Culture. I think that's why a lot of most African cultures have sustained so long is that they do evolve, right? Mm-hmm. So when you were 19 years old making money and your mom was basically receiving your salary <laughs> and giving you an allowance, what did you learn from your mom about money? <laughs> I don't think I learned a lot from my mom because
0: she loves spending <laughs> and uh, I had to unlearn that instead and, and learning is harder than learning. Um, I feel like our parents were not exposed to so many things that we're exposed to. So now when they have the chance to spend, they want to spend, um, they're like, she would spend (laughs) like, no, hold on. And for me, I learned how to manage my money because all my salary was going to her. And I managed to also save up for me to then later go on to study in the U S um, but and learning was harder than learning because she loves spending and she wanted to be fly, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she spends on, on on experiences. Oh, okay. Yeah, she spends on experiences. So she likes um going out, she likes making sure that the family is experiencing a great time. I see. So she spends on experiences.
1: Was there a moment where you looked around and was like, Oh snap, I've spent too much money. Oh, we've spent too much. Was there a moment where you're like Dude I've made all this money But what's going on Where is this money
0: um, At 19 I made decisions that were That made sense then And when I look back I really don't regret them um, I spent I I was a Home type of girl um, Even at My first salary I got my I changed my whole room Got my new bedding And all those things So I've always been that girl And even when I decided to move out of home I I still became that girl I bought furniture I use all My money to do All those things And <laughs> Yeah Like I really I never pop bottles All the time Like when I you go out bottles? It's because It's because I am working And <laughs> these bottles around And then yeah But I I hate spending money on alcohol Okay I really do
1: Let's learn Let's figure out What you've learned From your Characters What did mm-hmm. you learn From Intlay On SkimSum
0: I learned a lot from all my characters, Um, but when it comes to Enclée, I learned she was really naive. She was young, um, but she was really naive and trying to make other people happy at all times. You know, even in her relationships and her wanting, because having money can be lonely. She's from a wealthy family And her boyfriend couldn't even afford a trip overseas So she was like Okay, I really want to do this And I want to do it with you So I'm going to pay for you So oh, that we wow. can go together You know, so I think it was all those things And the loneliness that comes with with money And that's why I never identify myself with money
1: What about Amu from Queen?
0: Amu has been through a lot um, She lost her mom she was young and then lost her brother and thought she lost her dad and then her dad came back to life. But she she went through a lot of loss that I never experienced then until later on after losing my great grand sister whilst I was shooting another show. And that was a bittersweet moment. But I learned how to Deal with loss without even knowing that I was dealing with loss I think it made me stronger Because I had to be stronger for the character as well
1: When you just accepted the role in Blood and Water of Wendy Lamini <laughs> You were much older than the character Yeah, yeah. Were mm-hmm. you able to... How did you relate to this younger character?
0: Firstly, I prepared for the audition I just got back from... The US I had a Whole dry season I shot Lockdown Prior to that And then Went back to The Queen And then I had um, The honor To audition For Wendy I initially Auditioned for Another character Because I felt Like it was um, A bit relatable And then the So I prepared For the audition I Took all my Nails Went to go Do my hair um, lashes off, like I became a schoolgirl, asked my little sister to give me her uniform, and I went there looking like the character, so I really put in work, and that 's what people don 't see. you know they feel like, oh my gosh you 've reached the ceiling. For example, you've reached the ceiling, so why are you still playing roles that are young? I'm like, but I prepare. I work so hard to get those roles, and I feel like that's what the directors also appreciated, me preparing for the role and not just thinking that, oh, I'm Natasha and I can just get it. No, they still work, you know, and just um, stepping into that audition Already made it so much better for me, and looking the part made it so much easier for me to then play a younger role. You know, because I looked the part, I felt the part. I'm like, okay, cool. Then we're ready to go. And having the directors also guide you, and I have a little sister. You know, I have so a little sister, out. so she helped out. That's awesome. she really helped out, and I engage with young people on social media. So I see, um, I, I we meet Wendy's. You see Wendy's on
1: social media. You are you're you're fascinating in that you're very different from what I thought. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna. Is that, come that a bad ba- thing? <laughs> no, not at all. I'm gonna come back to that in a moment. Yeah. Meeting people in New York. What did you learn from? Because that's a very different environment, yeah. right? Church here, church there, completely different, right? Yeah.
0: I, I had my first altar call in the U.S. The church experience was different because as I grew in the, in, in the business, my, I grew spiritually as well, professionally and emotionally. And it was different that side. I experienced love, you know, um, I experienced the spiritual growth in me stepping up and be like, actually, I accept the Lord as my Lord and savior.
1: That you happened know. in New York. It
0: happened in New York and it was It was hard. I was away from family. I'd get homesick. It was really hard, but i 'm glad that I grew spiritually, and I learned how to trust God even more
1: When you went back to school, it was most people would have just continued on that career path you were mm-hmm. exploding with growth, but you decided to sacrifice and go back. Mm-hmm. But you were in a very interesting situation where probably most of your peers hadn't really had much experience. Mm-hmm. But you had experienced and you said in one of your interviews that you had to learn patience and like instead of saying something, you would just be quiet or and, and you know, and really process and internalize. What did you learn from that?
0: From being patient.
1: (laughs) Yeah. From having to sit there and listen to things you already knew.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But there's power in listening. And I learned so much from these. There's so much more I learned so that much I from that I still have to learn, as well. and I thought I knew it all.
1: It was worth like when we
0: were young, we always the feeling. leaving behind, thinking that I know it all. It was really worth it because I actually found out that I don't know anything. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I don't know anything. And I got to tap into, I had to let life touch me. And that's what happened. That that entire experience was life touching me. And I had to go even deeper and deeper within the craft, within myself as well. And it was, it was such a beautiful experience. Wow. It was such a beautiful experience.
1: So the last question on this, what have you learned from? Mm hmm. My, Sort of South African mother I came to South Africa when I was 30 years old yeah. And I met a woman in Orlando West Who was just an extraordinary human being So I know Orlando East fairly well mm-hmm. What did you put in your brain from growing up <laughs> In Orlando East?
0: I, <laughs> I grew up with a lot of um, people around me obviously And different people as well Like it's very... Um, and I think I put in Love and trust I would still say that I am Guided by love and trust and happiness as well With or without I remember um, my grand saying That if money is there It's there If it's not there It's not there Like don't let it define That's so you so powerful don't let Dude, it define you. Like I'm having a moment. Hold <laughs> on.
1: That is so powerful. Like whoa.
0: Because you would cry seeing other kids having this. Because it's different. Like there are a lot of people. There's um, middle class. There, there's everybody just in one township. Yes, definitely. So having to accept, and I, I think I grew up with that. That okay? If money is there there if it's not there it's not there but just be happy and you see a lot of happy people around the township around the people township don't realize
1: it about township like you got people next door who have three level houses like right <laughs>
0: yep crazy. and then right next door there's a there's a shag and then the following it's like a duplex or yeah, yeah. it's great
1: yeah that's very powerful uh i want to now go a little bit further into your mind and do you feel like do you feel like a big <laughs> you feel vulnerable <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm like Wait I'm trying to hold back even I'm really trying to hold back Why are you holding back? It's It's hard for me to share A piece of me And I feel like I do it But I choose What I put out there And what I don't And sometimes It limits the Truthfulness Because then I'm not in, Entirely Like True to myself At that moment And I don't share with you How I really feel And a lot of people miss that about me, about a lot of human beings.
1: So what are we getting right now? How much of you are we getting in this conversation before we go further?
0: I will get more comfortable. Cool. <laughs> I protect myself a lot. Okay, cool. Yeah.
1: So let's keep going. I want to go a little bit further. Let's talk about how you think about, Your various minds, your stylish mind, Mm -hmm. your health mind, your fitness, your freaky mind. I want to (laughs) go and explore all of these. Let's start with style. Uh, When you go into an event, take us into your closet. Like, what are you thinking about? Let's say you go into a wedding. Mm. Go open your closet. What are you thinking? What do you want to say? Because clothing is signaling to the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, we can't see you. People can't see you because this is a podcast. But you have this lovely kind of summery tight dress. Mm-hmm. This. What were you thinking when you put this on?
0: That I wanted to show my back. <laughs> 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 but I'd, I don't like spending money on clothes. I get a lot of free clothes. Okay. And I'd rather keep it like that, honestly. And it comes from seeing my mom, my aunt, spending so much money on clothes, opening all these accounts and ending up being in debt. And I think it happens a lot in the black communities where that's then my trauma. (laughs) You know, like I'm, I, I really hate spending money on clothes. I hardly do. And when I do, then it has to be something that I really love and I'll probably wear it over and over again because yeah, <laughs> I love it and I yeah. spent on it. Yeah. And I spent money on it, but I, I really don't like spending money on clothes. Okay. So when it comes to deciding, you get people like, Oh my gosh, Natasha, I'm like stylist. We're like, Oh my gosh, I wish I could just dress you up because you're so perfect. And this, and I'm like, okay. And I don't see that about myself because I've, I had, I have such a, bad uh, negative things to say about style and fashion because of the triggers and traumas that yeah
1: i get it so when you go in and you stand in front of your closet is it emotional <laughs> or are you just like whatever i'm just gonna put on. it's whatever. it's whatever okay
0: it's whatever ah, so it's yeah like
1: the whatever style and i think that probably is what makes you so relatable it's like you're the, the friend next door who everybody just kind of wants to go to a soccer match because you're not going to overdress. You're going to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. You're going to just comfortable. hang. Yeah. You're going to throw on some sneakers and just hang.
0: I hardly wear heels also because I party with a lot of my male friends and they always hop. They're like, okay, where are we going after this? We're going there. We're we going after this. So I always have to stay comfortable and I love being comfortable.
1: Ah, I see. Now we get in. We get in somewhere. You're opening up. <laughs> when you. When you're eating, do you eat to think about how you want to look or you just eat whatever? I eat whatever. Wow.
0: And I've lost um, weight because I stopped eating because so I focus so much on work and I'd forget that I have to eat. So now I try, I really try to sit down and have a meal and focus on the meal, not be on my phone, but actually focus on the meal. And be in the present moment. Because most of the time I'm just eating. I'm on the road. I'm on the road. I'm on the road. But I try. Even on set, I try to be like a cool and just sit down and eat. And focus on the meal. But oh, I, wow. I I never gain weight. So I, I eat
1: everything. <laughs> what's, your, what's your favorite go-to meal when you really like, I've worked hard and you just want to have an amazing meal? One of your favorite meals.
0: I enjoy going out for sushi. But if I really want to have... Something, then I'd go home because then I hardly go home and eat pup. So I enjoy bap. I'm a bap kind of girl. Like even in the morning, I'd wake up and have bap. I'm that girl. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just go home.
1: Got it. And when it comes to your body and your fitness, you know, do you go to gym? Like what is your, what is your approach to your toning and your body and stuff?
0: I don't go to gym. I've tried going to gym once, once a year, like I'll try (laughs) and then I give up and it's not really a good thing to say out loud because I really want to invest in my body because it is part of my, uh, part of my work. So I want to do action movies. I want to tap into that, but I haven't found the discipline in terms of working to get to where I want my body to be. So I'm always like, oh. If only, if only. So I'm all talk and I'm, (laughs) I don't walk the walk. It's tiring. I don't, I really don't like gym. I don't enjoy gym. And I've tried other things. I've tried boxing. I've tried, um, cycling. I enjoy cycling when I'm in Cape Town. That's better. You know, it's outdoors, nature. So it doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm working towards this. I'm yet to find a reason to go to gym. (laughs)
1: <laughs> For every young lady out there who's like super spiritual, mm-hmm. who's like deep into like exploring her spiritual side, but she's also got this super freaky side. How do you balance the two? How do you balance the dynamic of of suppressing when you need to those deeper urges that mm-hmm. conflict with your kind of conscious spiritual beliefs? What would you say to her? <laughs> I would say to me <laughs> that, um, there's
0: a time and place for your freaky. <laughs> there really is a time and place for your freaky. And it's, it's all about trusting the people around you and all the energies around you as well to show you're freaky. There's times where I go to house parties. I'm just like, was this me last night? You know, but also just go back and go to church. Like I've had just a recent encounter where I went out for three days, three nights in a row. Club, club, club on a Sunday I went to church, went to joy celebration and I went to the gospel concert and I found that they they could be a balance. You know, it's it's who you are at that moment and you're just being true to yourself.
1: All right. I wanna shift a bit. I'm gonna get out of your brain for a moment. <laughs>
0: <Mm-mm-mm>. Okay.
1: <laughs> I wanna shift and talk a little bit about your twenty twenty. I mean a lot of people have had Really tough years, but this has been yeah. a really good year for you just from the surface side on mm-hmm. a lot of levels. I went back to your post in February. You were celebrating Has this amaz- amazing video where you've got three million. Mm-hmm. You had three million Instagram followers, but now you've got 800,000 more in only 10 months. What would you say is the reason for that?
0: I get this question a lot and I never know. I never know and I feel like it's bigger than me. And I feel like God just gives me all this influence for a greater purpose and I'm yet to find it because it's abnormal from when my career started. Like there's just been so much love and so much love and so much love. And obviously receiving love from home and where I grew up in Orlando, it was so much easier to, to receive and accept all that love that comes from everyone else. But I'm yet to find. What really, what it all really means, and why.
1: <laughs> uh, I want to shift to a little bit about your Twitter persona.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What's one of the most incredible things about your Twitter persona is that you're not trying to be anything; like mm. you're just hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> But I also know that usually when things seem that effortless, there may be a little bit of strategy behind it. Is there any strategy or you just hanging out? (laughs) I've never had
0: a PR. I've never had any PR or marketing and I never do PR stunts because I I'm someone else for a living. I pretend to be other people for a living. I can't pretend to be me now in my personal space. I really can't. And when it comes to interacting with people on my platform, I'm not a rapper. I'm not trying to get you to, to buy my albums. I'm not trying to get you to buy any of my products. And I can still go into an audition room and still get the gig because it's what's, it's what happens in those forums. So me being this person outside, there's no strategy. It's honestly me being me. And I, I I can gladly say that growing up in the township has made it so much easier for me to get into those spaces and um, try and relate with other people and conversate with other people. It has made it so much easier. It's not even a facade because it's who I am. <laughs> like in the township, you walk, they will they will send you to the store. By the time you get to the store, you've already had like five conversations and five stops on the way (laughs) and another five going back home. And they're like, but you've been gone. It's like, but they stopped me. That gogo asked me where you are. And then the other auntie asked me to do this. And then I bumped into this some, you know, so that's what, that's what happens on social media as well.
1: Have you ever posted something like, it's like, okay, I went too far. Have you ever deleted a post because you went too far?
0: I, I've got a lot of, Posts on my draft <laughs> Like This is not worth the post It's really not worth the post I know my limits Um And People get bored of the same thing I can't dwell on the same thing Over and over again It's like okay cool We're done with this You know I can do this Let's move on to the next thing You know Um Even with uh, There's so many things That I can do In the arts Like playing piano Painting and all these things But I can't do it all all the time You know People really get tired So that's how I set my limits I'm like This is enough uh,
1: You know It's interesting Like I was thinking Just kind of observing Your your page And preparing for this Like You genuinely like soccer Like yeah. when you were in the States Was that tough? Because no one cares
0: Um I would watch <laughs>
1: <laughs> You would watch Oh really? Yeah
0: I'd watch um, But I wouldn't watch like Soccer soccer So I I enjoy soccer when I watch it with my brother or my dad. Um, and there's times where it's like, okay, cool, Like, it fades away. But I'm still, like, I still love soccer. <laughs> and people never believed it until I had to go back to my old tweets. I'm like, guys, I've always been a soccer fan. Like, that's how I said that people really get bored of the same thing. I can't now tweet about all of, like, soccer every single day. Sure. You know, sure. Um yeah, just the element of surprise. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. If a young girl or a young professional is thinking, "Let me take my brain out." And I'm going to put it on the table and I want to be more conscious and more intentional about what I put Ooh. in my brain. Mhm. Okay. What do you hope she takes from your journey that she puts in her brain?
0: Being intentional Being aware of all the decisions that you make and you control the narrative. I've I've always controlled my narrative and that's the reason why I left at the pinnacle of my career to go further my studies. It's because I wanted to control my narrative. I don't want another producer feeling like, oh, I own this person because they work. No. I do what I like when I want to (laughs) and how I like it.
1: Let's talk about your future narrative. One of the things that's happening around the world right now is that the the narrative around Africa is shifting dramatically. Mm-hmm. For the first time I came to this continent to now, it's just mind-blowing how the world has woken up or is still waking up to the power of the talent. and No longer do artists feel like they need to compromise. Well, some do, but for the most part, now people realize I can be myself.
0: Embrace, yeah.
1: And be global and be powerful, right? Yeah. So let's talk about If you were If you were to produce and act In an African princess project Let's talk a little bit about What that project would be like
0: Then I would have wanted to be the princess But now I would want to be The woman behind Who will be then telling the story of the princess And having another princess Tell that story and narrated for the world. Africa is the new currency, you know, and the world is seeing that and they're yet to see more of our greatness. And it will just be a, an authentic African story.
1: Would it be set in Soweto?
0: It would be set in Soweto. I think I, I've, I, I, <laughs> feel like an African princess if not all the time. <laughs> I I'd also tell my story because I am an African princess and I I just wanna I just wanna make other little girls also believe that it is possible. You know, and the whole setting will be that and it will be in Soweto. And it really doesn't matter where the setting is because if the story is if the story really reflects what's happening and people can relate to it, they will relate to it.
1: Yeah. And there's so many unbelievable places unbelievable places on this continent, in this country, outside of random places like Richards Bay, across KZ and mm-hmm. across the township culture. It could it could play out in so many different ways, right? Yeah. Who would you want to play this princess if you're not going to play it? Who? No pressure.
0: <laughs> to play as princess?
1: Yes, to play the princess in this project.
0: Someone that we haven't seen on screen. Any names? Oh, actually, there is um, Lois Bala's daughter. Kenzie ah, Bala yeah, She's, she's amazing, such right? a sweetheart
1: She's got such a distinct she look too Doesn't she She
0: is such a sweetheart She's yeah. got a beautiful heart She's Oof Yes <laughs> Is she trying I to would,
1: act? Are they trying to get her into the acting space?
0: Um, no but I know she has it in her Oh you see it I see it
1: Are you prophetic?
0: No but I see it <laughs> I see it She's see she's it. a global star She's amazing And her heart as well Her heart She's she's. Res- <laughs> so respectful. I love that kid. Oh wow. I really love her.
1: Oh wow. Do you go through any affirmations? Mhm. Do you? I do. Can you take us through a couple?
0: I make money while I'm asleep.
1: <laughs> oh wow.
0: I am beautiful. I'm kind. I am a hard worker. There's so many. Amazing. There's so many. So I've recorded some on my phone and then I just listen to it before I leave the
1: house. Yeah, I interviewed about a hundred regular people on the streets in New York, and Mm -hmm. I asked them a simple question. It's it's my, I think it's been my number one podcast. Mm -hmm. And I asked a simple question. I said, "When I say South Africa, what comes to mind?" And it was people from, as you know, New York is super diverse. It was Mm -hmm. probably ten countries of people who answered. One couple from the UK was a white couple from the UK he was like oh my god I love South Africa and she was like why it's crime and they got into an argument on the podcast
0: what
1: right what I found was that film kept coming up either people knew hadn't seen any film Mm -hmm. or they had their idea of this country and this continent was based on film Yeah your power and your ability to change how people see this continent and this country is extraordinary going inside of your mind to kind of understand what's driving you so that you can help with your ministry Mm -hmm. of acting to change this continent is really, really powerful. I think as we close this conversation, I want to know what do you want to be in those people's minds about this country and this continent?
0: As a South African, I like our humor. We turn a funeral into a wedding, honestly. We, celebrate, we, all, life. we, we celebrate, celebrate life. We celebrate life even through the deepest, mm. <laughs> even when we're in the pits, as we all say. Um, but we, we celebrate life. We always find the light. And sometimes people might find it. I feel like we joke a lot as South Africans. I feel like I know South Africa as a whole. <laughs> I feel like I've met South Africa, you know, through its people, because we've got such a great sense of humor. Some dark, <laughs> there is dark humor, but it's also a beautiful continent. Um, it's a Africa as a whole is a beautiful continent, um, and there's we're still building the the unity. We're still building the unity and we also have our battles as a country and we're getting there.
1: Yeah.
0: We're getting there. We're just praying for our leaders, praying for God to guide our leaders and guard the children of the continent because Africa is going through the
1: most. Yeah ukutula natasha tahani thank you so much for joining us on the brand your brand show
0: thank you this was so much fun <laughs> thank you
1: thanks to everyone who listened and make sure you share this episode with someone you care about someone who wants to increase their personal brand influence please rate the show and comment it helps people find us on wherever platform you're listening email me podcast at timothymaurice.com to share your thoughts and if you want a partner Until next time.